FM Breakfast Show with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. That's right, you are listening to Faith FM with the not double L team, Lawson and... It's Mon. Good morning, everyone. Monica! <laughs> hey, guys, special shout out to those in Locksport, Victoria, listening Woo! on 87.6. That is a town name. Apparently. Lock sport. Lock sport. They're locking up sport, are they? Uh, but no, it's lock as in like L-O-C-H. Oh, the, like, uh, like, the Scottish lock. Kind of like Loch Ness. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Lock sport. I think it Victoria. means lake. Oh, really? Yeah. Lake sport. Lake sport. Mm. That is a sick name. Yeah, it's not bad. I'll name my kid that. Uh, <laughs> also, Geelong, Victoria, listening on 88 and Bustleton, WA. Hey, Bustle! <laughs> woo Listening on 88 as well. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Monica, what are you grateful for this morning? Uh, I am grateful for so many things. I'm grateful. Really? I had a nightmare last night. I'm so grateful I woke up and it was just a dream. I had a dream that producer Shell cut my hair off and I was so (laughs) mad. She was like, she was, she didn't even like, she was like, I'm just going to straighten your bun because I had my hair up in a bun. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Shell. Then she like whips out a pair of nail scissors and chops my fringe, which I've been trying to grow out my fringe for a year and she chopped it off and I was so furious with her. I was so angry. I was like crying and then I woke up I'm like, oh, thank you, Lord. It was just a dream. Oh, dude, so true. <laughs> we having a sound effect? Why? Why is it the? Why is it the drum? <laughs> like what? What are you grateful for? Professional Lawson? producer. I'm grateful that I had a great sleep last night. No dreams. Woke up well rested. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Antique persuasion with on the sea of Galilee. I wonder I wonder what kind of antiques are their persuasion. You know, are they into like old ceramics? Vases? <laughs> are they into plates? You know? <laughs> like, like what's the what's their deal? <laughs> Maybe an old cabinet or two. That's so, spoons. That's so awesome. <laughs> All right, hey, let's have our first clue for the quiz. Okay, here we go. So, oh, do we have to discuss what the prize is? Yeah, but let, give us the question first. Okay, okay, wait. I'm, have, I'm figuring out technology here, people, at this hour of the morning. Here we go. In Acts 9, how did Paul escape those who were plotting to kill him? Was it, this is multiple choice, oh. A, he rode out of town on a donkey, uh-huh. B, he walked through their midst unrecognised, uh-huh. or C, Oh, no, there's D as well, sorry. C, he stowed away on a ship, or D, he was lowered over the wall in a basket. Or E, he was flown out in an attack helicopter. <laughs> Please just ignore Lawson. <laughs> so I'm going to read it out to you again. Oh, if you, if you think of the answer, 0491 give producer Shell a call. In Acts chapter 9, how did Paul escape those who were plotting to kill him? Was it A, he rode out of town on a donkey, B, he walked through their midst unrecognised, C, he stowed away on a ship, or D, he was lowered over the city wall in a basket, or E, he went away in an attack helicopter. helicopter. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Please uh, let us know what you think. Zero, <laughs> zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to call or text. And what's our prize for today? Well, our prize for this week. 
Oh, okay. It is a wonderful copy of the book Nine Habits of Healthy Christians. Oh no, hang on. is it this one? It's both. Oh, it's, oh they get both of yeah, these. Yeah. What? You get two books. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nine Habits for Healthy Christians. Um, and cook thirty. Creative, create delicious whole food, plant based meals from scratch in just thirty minutes. Oh, it's by Julie Dixon. And we're actually going to be talking to talking him to him bit. next. How exciting! So that'll be kind of a promo for the book. You'll listen to us talk yeah. to him. You will be thoroughly impressed, as we always are when we always. talk to Jeremy Dixon. And then you'll want to get this book. So make sure you get your answers in zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. All right. Monica, yeah. what's happening? Positively different news. I'm going to tell you, oh, I'm I'm so into this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what Burger King is? Burger King is like Hungry Jacks for America. Oh, right? Do I know what Burger King is? <laughs> you spent time with the US. What kind of question? <laughs> actually, it was actually, so when I lived in Spain, mm-hmm. between 15 to 17, um, I lived one year in Madrid and one year in Cartagena. And in both of my houses, I, was, I, I couldn't drive. And so I'd get around on my bike. Or walk, and I was walking distance from a Burger King. But I was a professional athlete, so I wasn't allowed to eat anything except for I would come home from a race on a Sunday, and on a Monday that was my day off, and I would get like twenty euro and go to Burger King and buy like <laughs> three <it> burgers, <laughs> like, <laughs> three burgers and like huge drinks, like huge cups of Sprite and ice cream. I was a big Burger King fan. Well, Burger King. Is done a dirty. They've done a dirty on one of their employees. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> but the, but humans have come to the rescue. So this is uh this is about a guy called Kevin Ford. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a food service employee. So he he works at Burger King. And social media was recently furious on behalf of Kevin Ford um, because they found out that he has worked at Burger King for twenty seven years. <laughs> 20, never missed a shift. So um, he migrated to America. He His wife passed away, so he had to look mm. after his daughters. And so he got a job at the first place he could, Burger King. And then he worked there for 27 years, basically his whole life. He had perfect attendance on the job. Never missed a scheduled shift, right? Mm. He's now retiring. And do you know what Burger King gave him as a retirement gift to thank him for his 27 years of service? A pat on the back. A reusable Starbucks cup, a bunch of candy, a pen, and a single movie ticket. Not even a double pass, a single movie ticket. That is so <laughs> like <if> you, <laughs> That's so like bad. If there was ever a reason to stop eating fast food and not because of health, this would be it. <laughs> like the <laughs> lack of appreciation. Because these poor people are, you know, usually like underpaid and overworked. Mm. And, uh, and there was a, they, they videotaped him. Unwrapping his presents, he was not in any way ungrateful. He said thank you for every gift he received, you know, as I said, he was unpacking it. Um, but his daughter posted it on um, on social media and just, you know, wrote a caption about what was happening in the video and people lost their minds. Okay. To the point where someone started a GoFundMe page and he has since received just in personal, like people just, you know, giving him little, little tips, I suppose, Two hundred and seventy thousand US dollars, quarter what? of a quarter of a million dollars. His retirement, yeah, from what the a public. Win. I, I know. I'll take a single movie. Does too. anyone want? Does any company out there want to underpay me for work so I can make a viral video? <laughs> That's amazing. No, but that is that is really like 
That is heartwarming. Yeah, exactly. Five thousand of those dollars uh, were actually donated from writer and comedian David Spade. So yeah, it really did go viral, and a lot of people saw it and donated. And um, and I think that's great. So he's uh, he's he's a happy chappy, as you would be after waking up one morning with a quarter of a million dollars <laughs> uh, in your bank. Yeah. So yeah, so good on him, and uh, poo to you, Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, because I, I just wanted to clarify, like I'm. I'm vegan now. <laughs> I don't eat <laughs> Yeah, we're going to get some more vegan um, tips, hot tips from um, our next segment. That's right. But before we get there, let me tell you one more cool story. Uh, so this is happening uh, coming out of Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee state parks have been having a bit of trouble mm. with people dumping, illegally dumping old tyres. Oh, that's classic. Old tyres are probably like... One of the biggest most waste dumped items problems. Yeah, why don't people just chuck them in the bin? No, an, but, old, an old tire would fit in a in a wheelie bin. Okay, but even well, firstly, no, it would not. Like four of them. Think about it. Still one at a time. How no? But so even hard? that, like the people who are dumping tires. Yes, it's personal, but as well as that, it's also it costs lots of money to deconstruct tires. Well, and so people just like companies dump them. Oh really? Like tire shops. Disgraceful. Yeah, it it can be really bad. I feel like they need to like monitor tire shops to make yeah, sure. Yeah, well, where going. then there's these things called tire fires <laughs> uh, that exist in a lot of country and 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 yeah, and they're like terrible for the environment. But yeah. that's like a, it's a solution because there's just so many tires, you know. Well, Tennessee State Parks has come up with an epic solution because um, mm-hmm. people kept coming into the the natural the, um, the national parks and dumping tires there, and they're like, do you know what? We're going to figure this out. So they had uh, a bunch of volunteers collect them all up, you know, um, so go around, gather them, and then guess what? Transform them into crumbs uh, using the Patriot Tire Recycling Company in Bristol, and then use them to now make one of the longest rubber-bearing trails in the Northern Hemisphere. Basically, ah. basically, like, great, if you guys are going to give this to us, we're going to use it. And they now have made footpaths covered with... Um, you know, material made from recycled rubber, which mm. is really great to walk on for you. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you go to like a track to run. Like right. The, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, that's the material that you yeah. use. Yeah. So they basically, they basically just turned a, a loss into a win. Mm-hmm. And we're just like, yeah, we can we can do this. So they figured it out. They figured out how to do this. So they, are they just going to make more and more tyres? Like that's, that's my question. Like are they just going to make more and more paths? Because... People are going to just keep dumping more and more tyres. Well, to be honest, they've cleaned up over 24,000 dumped tyres, which came from passenger, commercial and heavy equipment tyres. And um, collecting up about – they had 450 registered volunteers and they collected about 10,000 tyres in one day. So we're getting about three days' worth of collecting, right? And um, and they've made – a long, like one single long trail through the centre of one of their parks. So really, they could continue doing this and put paths in all parks, really, and I mean, cover cover because a lot of it was a dirt track, and so they've covered it with this rubberized stuff, so it's nicer to walk on and it's more, you know, has a lot more longevity. Mm-hmm. And um, I reckon they could do it for a while. Obviously, there'll become a point where they run a path to make and they still have dumped tires, but for now, this is a really great solution, and I'm sure they will need repairs or something like that. So who knows? And they could even, you know, move on and do footpaths in other parks. It doesn't just have to be the Tennessee National State Parks. All right, so I did some research because oh, yeah. I wanted to know. So, okay, if you have 24,000 tyres, mm-hmm. then that's tyres recycled from, like, if all of them are coming from four-wheeled vehicles, then that's 6,000 cars. 
And I was thinking, okay, how many cars are there in Tennessee? Right now, there are 2.3 million registered cars, like registered vehicles, in Tennessee, mm-hmm. which is a lot more than 6,000. Yeah, but not everyone's a, de- a degenerate who dumps their time. Yeah, but this is the I thing. I think the is largest that- portion of the population is going to do the right thing. No, no, no. I'm not trying to detract. I'm just like, they can make more parts. Oh. <laughs> like... <laughs> They've got so many resources. We should do it here because we see dump tires all the time in Australia. Oh, totally. But yeah, please don't please don't be a degenerate. Like get rid of your tires, you know, thoughtfully. Humanely. Yeah. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Right now we are going to have another question for the quiz. Complete this verse, not by might, nor by power, but my blank, says the Lord of hosts. <laughs> my blank. <laughs> 0491064669, tell me what was in that blank. Complete this verse, not by might, nor by power, but my blankety blank blank blank, says the Lord of hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Powerful. And if you know the answer to that one and you answer correctly, you will go into the draw to win our two books for this week, Nine Habits for Healthy Christians and Cook 30.2 by Jeremy Dixon. And speaking of Jeremy Dixon, we have on the phone, Jeremy Dixon. (laughs) Jeremy, are you there with us? I'm here. Good to hear from you. Ah, fantastic. Uh, We love having you on the show and we love talking about good Tasty, healthy, amazing vegan food, as we always do. Yeah, everyone put your bibs on because the drool's coming out. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And today, I believe we're continuing on for what we talked about last time you're on, which was basically meat-free meat. Exactly. So I think last time we talked about um, TBP, frozen tofu, and some salmon carrots, but a few other variant uh, different ways to get some kind of pretend meat stuff in your diet if you're transitioning or just want something a bit more exciting. Oh, let's go, dude. I think the thing that I enjoy the most about fake meats is just like, it's just that kick of kind of salt. I think that's the thing that I enjoy most about the meat. savoury flavour. Yeah, that it's yeah. salty and savoury. And kind of, that's what fake meat achieves. Like, it's just It just gives that salty, savoury flavour. I'm not going to lie, I kind of like the, the chewy texture. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. There's lots of textural kind of things and flavor things in it that kind of make it more enjoyable, doesn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I hate to say the word fleshy, but I think I'm going to say it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> but I think it's also like what's so interesting to me, I, you know, I, particularly when people started to become vegan and vegetarian, as that started to popularize over, say, the last 10 years and restaurants would be like, oh, we've got a vegan menu. And it's like, oh, sweet. Or a vegetarian menu. We got vegetarian options. And they're like, yeah, our veggie burger is we took a burger and we took the patty off and we put a piece of pumpkin on it instead, and now it's a veggie burger. <laughs> and it's like, I don't yeah. want that. <laughs> like, but uh, it seems like now people are kind of catching up to the standard. Exactly. Mm. So I guess we're just going to continue to talk about it today. What are some ways that we can get some some fake meat in our in our diet, and how can we make them? Yes, yeah, so another, another really cool ingredient, which um, you may or may not have tried, is jackfruit. <gasps> and jackfruit... Jackfruit is kind of um, yeah, kind of gives like kind of a pulled pork kind of a texture, kind of mm. fleshy kind of feel. Um, and you can buy jackfruit usually in cans from the supermarket. Mm. And it's really important when you're buying jackfruit for this purpose. There's two types of jackfruit. Mm-hmm. There's what they call kind of green young jackfruit, 
which is kind of um, the fruit in its kind of non-mature stage. And then you've kind of got jackfruit, which is like a sweet one, which is kind of like a mango. Mm. And you don't want to get those two mixed up because they're completely different. Mm. So it's normally labelled young jackfruit or green jackfruit or something like that. Oh, I've always wondered about that. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, <laughs> I am so utterly convinced by jackfruit that it's like meat. Like I've, you know, had jackfruit on pizza or whatever. And it's like, this is insane. Like how good the texture is. I'm like, but how is it a fruit? Yeah, have you ever had fresh, like, actual sweet jackfruit? Are you talking to me? Yeah. No, I've never. Okay, this is where I've always been mind-boggled by it because I, I, jackfruit's one of my favourite fruits, but it tastes like a – it tastes – you know how perfume smells really nice? Mm. Jackfruit tastes like as if you're eating that smell and it's really delicious and it's fragrant and it's sweet. I've always been mind-boggled about how they can turn it into, like, a pulled pork substitute. Yeah, so that's why this is, this is kind of the, the young stage of the fruit. So it's really important you buy it in hand. And it kind of comes like looking like chunks of hard bits of pineapple. Oh. Um, it's kind of kind of white. But the trick with jackfruit is that then it's still a fruit. So you've got to work really hard when you're cooking with it. You've got to tell it, hey, you're not a fruit anymore. You are a savory item. <laughs> you've, <laughs> got to, you've got to throw heaps of stuff at it or else it can kind of taste kind of sweet. So you have and, to sit uh, it down and have a pep talk cat. with it. <laughs> <laughs> you do, you do. You need to tell, hey, you're changing gear. <laughs> and um, but a lot, a lot of the jackfruit stuff you find in the supermarket, kind of pre-packaged jackfruit, whatever, kind of with flavours in it, it's often very sweet. They've forgotten to tell it it's savoury, so it's really important you do that. Mm, I, feel yeah. like, I feel like we're having so, like uh, identity fluid crisis with jackfruit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, and, and often jackfruit comes across way too sweet. You're like, I didn't want a sweet and sour, but I wanted like a savoury item. So you've got to really bear that in mind when you're cooking with jackfruit. It's savoury. You don't want to add any sweetening. You've got to throw heaps of savoury style spices and ingredients with it to make mm. it savoury. That's first, my first point of jackfruit. Okay. Um, and jackfruit is really... Sorry. Oh, I was just going to ask, what what are the spices, bro? What's the secret sauce? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so jackfruit's really cool. Like, you can kind of put it in a curry, kind of like for a chicken or a kind of a pork mixture. But a really cool way to do it is like jackfruit tacos. You basically have like a really nice kind of pulled pork kind of mixture. And um, yeah, so what you want to do, you want to first thing with jackfruit, you're going to put it in a pan with a bit of oil and you need to let it kind of just melt away and just kind of lose its kind of hardness. And you're going to need to hammer it with like a, a spatula or something and really push it down. And you need to be adding things like, you know, like garlic. Smoked paprika is really good. Mm. Kind of give it a really nice kind of meaty, burny kind of kind of taste to it. Um, tomato paste is really good. Um, garlic, um, onions, all those kind of things just to really make sure. And a bit of salt. But you don't want to add any kind of sweetener to it all. Um, and you want to really just give it a real hammering. Mm. And, ta- and if it's tasting a bit too kind of sweet, just, you know, add a little bit more, more smoked paprika or some herbs or something to it just to kind of, yeah, the smoked paprika is probably a good guide as something as a good starting point to add mm. it to it really tell it it's savoury. Maybe we're stepping outside so, yeah. of the realms of good health, but I guess you could chuck some MSG on it if you Dude. if you really want it to be <laughs> Somebody struck that from the conversation. <laughs> I can't believe you suggested that. <laughs> I'm just I'm just maybe maybe, well, so maybe some, you look at some look at some soy look at some old um, kind of old kind of vegetarian cookbooks from the sixties and seventies. And back then, they used MSG instead of salt. They thought that was a healthy salt replacement. Yeah, wow. I've always liked um, um, dried sage as like something that makes the uh, – to me, dried sage, dried powdered sage just tastes yes. m- meaty. It adds a bit of a meaty, mincy, beefy kind right. of flavor to it. That's quite a nice – a good herb to add to it, exactly. Mm. 
So yeah. So you can let that jackfruit. So basically, you throw it in the pan, add those things to it, um, and um, basically you can use that on like on tacos and sandwiches, put it on a pizza, um, or just just stir it through a curry, and you got like yourself kind of a nice kind of fleshy, chickeny, porky kind of a mixture to have. And mm. with extra health benefits as well, because like it's a fruit, so it'd be full of some sort of nutrients, I imagine. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. So it's, yeah, it's all, all a good thing to have, and yeah, definitely better than pulled pork or chicken. Oh, that's awesome. That's exciting. No, I'm a big fan of jackfruit. I love eating it. So that's, that's good. And, um, I'm already imagining, like, cause I have some goat, some go-to spices for me. I've got like vegan chicken stock, um, mushroom seasoning and soy sauce. Yeah. Like, oh, I put those in basically yeah. everything. Uh, well, yeah, maybe like, really well with well. yeah, totally. I'm, I'm thinking now like fried rice with jackfruit, like, oh. Yeah, I, just before yeah. just before we came onto this segment, um, I was actually making my shopping list, but I think I might now add some jackfruit to that list. That's awesome! Brilliant. Okay, so tell us about you know is there is there any other fantastic meat substitutes yeah. out there? So another one that's pretty cool, and that is banana blossom. And banana blossom is kind of like a small when bananas growing a very um, juvenile part of the banana, and it comes in cans called banana blossom, and it's basically like a little. It's kind of like a like a long artichoke. It's kind of, it's my probably best way of describing it. It's kind mm. of got lots of little kind of leaves attached to it. So you fish these kind of long artichoke things out of a can, give them a bit of a wash, and it's kind of got kind of a, a, a white fish kind of texture to it with like lots mm. of different layers. So what you can do is you pull these banana blossoms out and you basically chop them into kind of Phillips kind of style kind of shapes, dip them in a nice batter like a chickpea batter or a flour batter or whatever you want to use, and then fry them in a pan and basically, that's a cool way of getting some different fried fish. Wow. I'm, I'm having a look at some pictures Me of this too. right now because I'm like, <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is a banana blossom? As soon as you said a banana blossom, I was like, I have never heard of that. And I had to Google. And I'm looking at Google images. And like you just said, like a deep fry and like, it look like a, like a, a fish finger. Amazing. I'm absolutely blown away. I thought maybe like I was like thinking about coconut blossom syrup or something. I'm like, how would that translate into fish? But this is yet, um, this is something completely, I have honestly never heard of this. I'm astounded. Yep. And the name is probably confusing. So banana blossom probably just erase it from your mind. That's the label that's on the can. It's nothing like anything banana or anything like blossom. That's just what it's called. Um, but it's kind of, you come like a long artichoke. Yeah, it, it really do does. It, it really does mm-hmm. look like, a, like, it really does, need- yeah, look like an artichoke. Yep, and you need to kind of like you need to make again like the meat cut up to fish. Like banana blossom as it comes out of the can is pretty tasteless, like kind of like tofu. Mm-hmm. So again, you need to be injecting heaps of flavour in it. So you need things like you know some fresh dill, um, some um, some pickles with it. Um, you might want to put some tartia sauce over it, um, a bit of salt. You need to really work with it to kind of make it um, make it kind of um, nice and then flavourful as well. Yeah, you got to tell but, it you, you know, are a fish. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you're a fish, exactly. And yeah. remember that when you do, you're, you're a fish. You're not just a banana blossom. You're a fish. You need to be putting all those kind of things into it to make it, you know, taste um, taste like it. Also, you can put like some of the the nori or the kind of some of the seaweedy things, which has kind mm. of got that kind of that that kind of salt water fishy kind of flavour. So often you can put some of those um, those sushi kind of seaweed things in with the mix with your batter, and that kind of gives those kind of fishy notes that kind of just remind you that it's fish as well. Dude, I, I eat seaweed like every day. I love seaweed. Like it's love seaweed it. and, and especially like what you're saying, like roasted seaweed that's like salted, like just, just oh, straight so from good. the packet. It's so good. And, but that's because so it kind of tastes. 
I'm yes. so hungry right now, you guys. This is incredible. <laughs> like, I, every time, every time we talk, it's just mind blown. Can I just ask, though, uh, when you said, like, for a second, you said chickpea batter, how does that work? Is that like you got a can of chickpeas and, you're, like, you drained it and mushed it or something? Like, oh, how, quick, how does that work? Question. So, so a traditional batter will be, like, flour and water. Um, but, you know, we try to keep our things, you know, more or less, less processed. So I've got a really nice chickpea batter. So it's basically chickpea, flour and water, effectively. And some salt. So basically, you get a nice little batter with chickpea flour and water. Oh, so um, you, it's a really good little batter. So, uh, isn't that called uh, bisan, bisan flour? Do you make that yourself? Like you just blitz dry chickpeas in the blender until it's a powder? Great question. So, so chickpea flour, bisan flour, chana flour, there's another name for it as well. It's all the same thing. So basically, it's chickpeas ground up really fine mm-hmm. into like a really nice kind of flour. And it's used a lot in Indian cooking to make pakoras and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Um, right. I can make chickpea pizza as a base and things like that. So really, chickpea flour is a very, very versatile kind of flour to have. You can use it. It's not, not exactly substitutable to, to wheat flour, but it, in a lot of cases, it, it, can, it can be used really well. So that's a really good alternative to use for a batter if you want something that's not so heavy and kind of full of gluten like uh, like white flour. So, mm. yeah, chickpea flour batter's great. Yeah, good tip. Mm. I love me a good crispy batter. Oh, dude, mm. I like fake meats. I like eating, and I just want to express that <laughs> I this like is Jeremy, great... and I want Jeremy to come to the studio and like make food. <laughs> that, now, that, is a that would idea. be a good idea. We could have a live demonstration, just jump on a plane, head over for a morning, you can just... Cook up in the studio. How cool! Did we mention that Jeremy's calling in from New Zealand? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, How yeah. Cool. Fantastic. All the way from the east, yeah, from the east island. We have a couple minutes left. Do we have? Do we have any other alternatives? I'm like, are, are we running out, or is there just more things that you can make into no, fake not, meat? There's another one which is quite cool, and this is this is probably a bit on the edge, but it's quite fun as well. And that is cauliflower steaks. Oh. So, so what you do is you get like a whole cauliflower and you slice it probably finishly, probably into half centimetre kind of slices, and then you cover it with soy sauce and salt. And then you throw it in the oven and you bake it for probably about an hour. Wow. And you end up with kind of a really nice chewy texture that is kind of like steak. Mm. I've never had a steak before, but I'm pretty keen to give a cauliflower steak a whirl. <laughs> I, I've never heard of it. Now, again, you've got to tell us cauliflower is a steak. Like, cauliflower is quite a different taste of steak. So you've got to put lots of soy sauce, salt, a bit of oil, and probably some kind of a topping on it or something as well when you serve it. But, um, yeah, it's quite another quite interesting to do with cauliflower steaks. Cauliflower steaks. Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> and I guess, like, okay, so if you if you made, like, cauliflower steak, I guess then you could, you could probably, like, batter that thing up as well. And... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, that would probably become more of a... Um, Cora, because they call it, you know, a, um, a battered um, cauliflower is kind of what that is, an Indian dish. And mm. you probably wouldn't batter a steak. But yeah, still, yeah, exactly. You've got that kind of that really nice, another another kind of texture you can use. Yeah. And you're right, you can use it for anything. You can leave it in kind of soy sauce that makes kind of a kind of red meaty. You can kind of leave it white meaty and batter it. Uh, so again, there's lots of things you can do. And, and roasted cauliflower is great in salad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you... roasted cauliflower is really good. I wonder if you like deep fried it, if it would end up being like a crumbed it and, and deep fried it and being like a cauliflower palmer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, yep. Yeah. Although we don't really do not doing too much deep frying, do we? But, um, <laughs> because we're healthy and we're vegan. But a shallow fry, shallow fry, so you can, for example, dip, dip roasted cauliflower into, um, again, like your chickpea batter mm. and, then, um, and then just light fry it or even bake it and you've got a really nice kind of product as well. 
Jeremy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. You are opening our minds to the possibilities of what food can be and how we need to talk to our food to make to trick it into believing <laughs> that it's something else. <laughs> You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Just wanted to quickly promote uh, Jeremy Dixon. We get him on the show pretty regularly. And next time he's coming on, he's going to be talking about vegan sugar-free sweets. Oh, man. Now, I'm so excited. Now, I kind of have this bias. Like, I am a vegan. I hate vegan dessert because <laughs> usually I vegan dessert tastes vegan. All right. <laughs> yeah. And it mean it like that's always a joke that I've made. Like people are like, oh, how's it taste? And I'm like, it tastes vegan. Like, <laughs> that's like a joke about <laughs> it like not it. being very good. Yeah. But firstly, I actually have recently experienced some incredible like sugar free vegan desserts. Oh, yeah. And secondly, in Jeremy, we trust, okay? <laughs> Everything that he says tends to gold. So I am like, I believe that he's going to share something with us that's going to be a blessing. Hey, yeah, but right now, like- we're going to have another clue for the quiz. Okay, Jesus healed Bartimaeus near which city? Mm, 0491064669. Give us a call or a text if you think you know the answer. Jesus healed Bartimaeus near which city? Of course, if you do know the answer, you will go into the draw to win nine habits for healthy Christians, as well as Cook 30.2 by Jeremy Dixon. So one of those books is like a basically a biblical health book, looking at principles from the Bible and how we can apply it to our lives. The other book is a book by Jeremy Dixon that we just talked to, a vegan cookbook, the, every uh, uh, recipe you can make within 30 minutes I feel from like at scratch. The, at the end of the year, you should have like a really big, big, big prize and it should just be you can have Jeremy Dixon come to your house as a personal <laughs> chef and cook you dinner. That, that is out of our budget. <laughs> I think that question was, where was Bartimaeus healed? Uh, which Jesus healed Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus near which city? That's right. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Okay, I'm going to be talking about a pretty heavy, heavy topic this morning. If you've got young people that are listening to us, praise the Lord first and foremost. They just got to hear how to make you amazing food. Secondarily to that, praise the Lord because we're going to, you know, Bible study and 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 they're listening to Christian radio. But this one might be a bit heavy. We're talking about uh, a recent policy that was suggested in Sweden from the Swedish Christian Democrat Party, okay? Okay. And their newest, like, policy, you know, they they shared some thoughts on on some things that should take place. They were like, basically, they're like, sex offenders should be chemically castrated. Okay. Now, you've actually, you've got a pretty mild response to this, Monica. Because I'm completely in agreement for that. Okay. Okay, fair. This this is something that I wanted to to talk about. I don't. I'm not even sure that I'd stop at chemical. Like, why not just go the full chop chop? <laughs> All that. Okay. <laughs> Honestly, if you don't know how to play nicely with it, you can't play with it at all. Yeah, 100. percent Well, I think. Listen, because I was reflecting on this. Obviously, this is the Christian Democrat Party. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. what what level of Christian values is being represented here? Like, what what do they do to reflect on the Bible? And then come up with this policy. Now, I'm not a big advocate for the combination and combining of church and state. Right. Uh, but at the same time, like, there are many Christian principles that run throughout our legal 
system, particularly in the idea of like the morality of our legal system in regards to, say, the Ten Commandments, particularly the last six, like specifically the last six. In fact, we don't want the first four legislated. Those are how we worship God. But we want the last six definitely uh, legislated, which is, you know, don't kill each other, kill each other, don't steal, steal, don't lie, that kind of thing. How humans treat each other, basically. Exactly. But that's a very good point in terms of how humans treat each other. Now, there's also principles in the Bible that we see in regards to to prisoners uh, and, and the treating of captives and that kind of thing. Now, often in the Old Testament, people would commit crimes, and because of a lack of ability to keep prisoners, the often, like, ascribed punishment for people who committed various crimes in Israel was the death penalty. Mm-hmm. Now, that was a maximum sentence. You have to think there's varying and different levels of crimes varying in different levels of of punishment for example if a man and a woman get together before they get married you know it's not considered like where it's not considered rape it's not considered adultery but like they're unmarried two unmarried people getting together before they're married the the guy has to pay like an extra dowry and there's some like restrictions that they go through you know so like you know, to give someone the death penalty for that would be pretty gnarly, and that's why the Bible doesn't prescribe the death penalty right, for that. Right. Um, now, the Bible does prescribe the death penalty for rape. Mm-hmm. It does prescribe the death penalty for molestation. Uh, it does prescribe the death penalty for all these different things. But now, again, we're talking about a context in which the Israelites are in the wilderness and they don't have the ability to keep or have take... a prison and lock people up. That's right. That's that, right. That, that is expensive for any country to have a prison because mm-hmm. obviously the prisoners aren't paying for their time in prison. Like they're not That's like right. okay, it's like not like a hotel where they pay a fee and stay. Mm-hmm. It's on the taxpayers' back. That's right. Now, in regards to okay, sex offenders being chemically castrated, so essentially mm-hmm. taking away the ability for a sex offender to perpetrate in that way again. Now, I see this in some ways as a positive because ultimately, like, the, the point of the death penalty, which, again, in the context of ancient Israel was needed in our context today, like, you know, I don't know. But essentially what it communicates is you can commit a crime bad enough to forfeit your right to be a part of society. Now, that is also represented in what we call the life sentence. Like, mm-hmm. if someone commits a crime and receives a life sentence, then they forfeit their right to to be in a society. But my thoughts as I'm reflecting on this is is that often punishment is for the purpose of rehabilitation. Yeah. Even life sentences often come with paroles. Mm-hmm. Like there are in some cases where it's just like, no, this, it's too gnarly, this person's done something too bad, like they won't. But often life sentences come with paroles. Often jail sentences come with paroles, or they end. Because we believe that through the jail system, we have the ability to rehabilitate the person. Now, you're then kind of juggling and balancing two ideologies there. Firstly, someone can commit crimes that are bad enough that they can forfeit their right to be a a part of society and forfeit certain rights just in general. They forfeit rights by break, like by breaking the law and committing crimes. And you could say like, okay, then chemical castration for sex offenders is a just punishment uh, because that is a biblical principle, like in terms of forfeiting your right to be a part of a society if you commit a crime. On the other hand, you say, okay, but 
uh, penitentiary systems should exist, like consequences for actions should exist for the purpose of rehabilitation. That's why people receive consequences. And so, like, don't get me wrong. I am absolutely an advocate for harsh and severe punishment against people who perpetrate, especially in sex crimes. Like mm-hmm. it's it's maybe it's possibly one of the worst crimes that exists, and yep. it does the most damage and the most harm to the victim. Generational but, damage. Generational mm-hmm. damage, but simultaneously is uh, permanently mutilating a person as a result of what they've done. Always the answer. Because the Swedish political party, uh, the, well, the, this Swedish, uh, the Christian Democrat party in Sweden were pushing for this to be an almost mandatory thing among, like, uh, you know, many levels of sex crime. Again, sex crime is one of the worst crimes there is. Even um, what what you would call, like, elicitation of sex crimes. Mm-hmm. So, like, like, sex trafficking. Yeah. Uh, where you're not participating in a sex crime, but you are allowing others to yeah that is yeah it's disgusting like absolutely and i'm i'm all, I'm all for it because i think for one it'll be a great deterrent mm-hmm. and secondly you know you just said oh we're permanently changing them when we do the chemical castration but do you know what any child or any human who's been molested or raped has been permanently changed mm. so why do they why are they the only person who has to put up with a permanent change that's right. That's right. So definitely there's there's a couple different sides to this argument and there's a couple different thoughts. And I think finding the line for that is is what is going to be difficult, uh, you know, for, for this party. And, uh, you know, this is just talking at the moment. This was just in a press release. But, you know, this could go into law in Sweden if people get on board. This is being suggested by a political party. They have the right to push a bill that people can vote on. And so I guess what I want to ask is 0491-064-669. That's our number to call or text. Do you have any thoughts on this topic? Uh, should, yeah, should sex offenders receive chemical castration? I'd be interested to know if it goes through and it actually takes place, how the numbers are affected in the coming decades in Sweden mm. when it comes to, um, yeah, sex crimes. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.